Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Ignorant Bliss. I won't waste a lot of time with this uh, preamble. On this episode, I have award-winning cartoonist uh, Ben Passmore. He is known for his uh, comic De Glejo, uh comics on The Nib, Bottom Feeders with Ezra Daniels, He's about to come out with a new comic called Sports is Hell. Uh, it was a, I've met him very recently, and I guess recently for me is like within the last couple of years. Um, he is an interesting new star in indie comics in terms of uh, his new uh, stature within it. Uh, I've been very public about certain things about the past that he does not like. And with a new wave of having black folks within this space, he is a welcome addition to comics and this infrastructure and institution of small press and independent comics. Uh, basically, here's the part where I tell you what to follow is IGBL podcast on Twitter. It's Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E on Twitter. Instagram. Uh, you can find Ignorant Bliss on Facebook. The email for the show is ignorantblisspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, shout out all the supporters on Patreon. They are hearing this episode first. Patreon.com slash Julian Lytle. Uh, please, you can hear this on all the places you can hear podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify. SoundCloud.com slash Julian Lytle, Stitcher, and all the like. On Apple Podcasts, if you could leave a review, that does help. Also, sharing and spreading it around. If you see my posts on social media, repost, share, like, all that type of stuff. And please enjoy the episode. Have a good whatever part of the day you're in. Peace. Life is good, you know what I mean? Like, uh, hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on a nigga finger, little bitch. Ooh, I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and all the bitch. Ooh, dropped three dollars on the rain, cause it's been the truck, little bitch. Ooh, I was in the trap serving cocaine, ain't been the same since. Ooh, granted she was standing right there while I catch a play on the brick. Ooh, I made them little niggas go hate while I Taliban in this bitch. Ooh, I done been down bad in them trenches. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting stick. day. You know, we on what day three and the world is already about to go crazy. So you know, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, I was just watching. I was just watching a video, a video about that. I feel, I feel, um, what is it? Like shamefully under, under informed about um, Iran's relationship with Iraq these days. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm getting old. So like, I say watching mad news. So like, I knew there's like some undercurrent. It's just to me, it feels like stuff that happened like back in the day. Like it seems like mm-hmm. it's st- stuff is starting to repeat, right? And like you know, all the all the uh, the Twitter the Twitter sadness and reaction and and even like disarming humor is just like, yo, you remember when uh the United States put Saddam in power and that shit bit us in the ass? Like <laughs> it's about to repeat again. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it's crazy. Mm. I, mom is really conservative, uh, um, 
and uh, like really believes in like the inherent right of the United States. And when I remember when 9-11 happened, I was like, I was like, you know, we she was she was all like, oh, like we have to bomb Afghanistan. I was like, I was like, look, it's like fucked up to be flying buildings and are flying planes into buildings. But like, you know, we were responsible for this whole thing. Yeah. Um, which I like crazy how much how much carnage like the yeah, the U.S. government has created. <clears throat> we the youngest nation, but we we cause Yo, we changed everything up, like for real, for real. <laughs> like, yeah. it is, it is, yeah, sad. It is depressing when you really think about the scale mm-hmm. at which uh, the spreading of American democracy and and uh, ideas and our what we want has done around the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and and whoa, it's just because we got kind of, we got a leg up after World War Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we, yeah, we 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 uh we really 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 did something extra terrible, and then we was really popping because we sat out most of the war, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a mad amount of money. We was able to like bounce back because America ain't get touched. It's up for one base in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's so corny that we're like. We're like a kid that like hopped in last minute at like <laughs> in the fight and is really feeling himself for getting like one good hit on. Yeah, I'm yo. Like, yo, I party. knocked him out. Yo, I'm the man. <laughs> like, oh. <You> see? <laughs> it's because I'm so free. Ooh. <sighs> yeah, man. It's it's, <laughs> it's crazy, but I think at least I think it'll it'll probably lead to some interesting some interesting art. Oh. Yeah, from a lot of different people, good and bad. Yeah, good and I just, bad. I just feel for people in Iraq. Yo, that is that is really sad because it's almost like both they're like kind of both of y'all suck. <laughs> right, right. Um, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, it's like uh, it's also really interesting because um, they're in this like really terrible situation. Where it's um, they have like no end of like evil people trying to mess their shit up. So there was like, it is true that Iran, you know, they jumped in mad quick uh, when ISIS was really trying to take over in a way that the U.S. wasn't. Yeah. But it's like they were happy about it. And it's like they wanted to they were like, yo, America ain't going to help out. But it's not even like they're super fans of America being there either. Yeah. And, you, know, you only got ISIS because. America just killed a series of, you know, people, and then the people left were like, "I guess we got to be really, really crazy." Yeah, Re- revenge causes people to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know. And know. people don't—they just see it's like they—they they listen, they listen to what these people say. Like, yo, they're the enemy. Even this morning, I'm listening to the people pundits. I'm like, yo, yo, don't don't go out here saying, yo, he's a terrorist. Like, nah, man, he's essentially like. The Joint Chief of Staff and the Secretary of Defense, right? And he really ain't doing that much different than what we did, especially if you know what we do in like Central and South America. But right. y'all swinging that he's a terrorist. I'm like, mm-hmm. for real, like what we did ain't really what much different than what MBS did to Khashoggi. 
Except mm-hmm. we did it way more blatantly and in front of everybody. Like right. we literally shot a nigga with a missile at the airport. Like, like I don't even know people don't talk. I, I want to talk about shit like that on like some real hood shit. That's like, yo, if you see what happened to old boy over on Forty uh, First, yo, they just <laughs> rolled up on the nigga and they just shot that nigga at the bodega, nigga. Like, right. oh shit, for real. Like, oh, it's gonna pop off this weekend. It's a hot summer. That's all this is. It's like, right. <laughs> like, whoa, yeah. Someone, someone posted. I might even been Ron, um, like an old newspaper. Uh, late headline. It was um, during Clinton's impeachment. Mm, yeah, uh, he shot. He shot some dude with a missile, and then was like, "We about to be at war. Uh, we gotta. We gotta pause this. Um, this impeachment this- process. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing. Is like, I think, I think Clinton was impeached when we both was in Pratt. So that's why I don't even totally like remember that shit totally because it's like I was focused on like orientation <laughs> going to class but I was like I remember that. I was like yo they impeached this man over over getting his dicks up for real like that's that's high crimes and misdemeanors now yeah like, alright that's gonna change the game nothing <laughs> changed no, fast forward three months nothing changed but yeah. <laughs> uh, I only I only uh, I only learned about it recently I think the I don't know. I think it was the first impeachment and it it's like a super a super super old president whose name I don't care about. Um not that I really care about any of them, but apparently yeah. he got he got booted cuz he was uh like rude and kept on firing the wrong people. Yeah, bro. You know, which is interesting. It's interesting that it's like it's like high crimes but also just sort of like general political offensiveness. Yeah, stuff that they, like, oh yeah, the, the Congress ain't rocking with you, so yeah, I'm gonna impeach you. <laughs> and it's just like the only time where it, like really, really, really made sense was like, yo, Richard Nixon was on some mob shit, and right. he was like, yo, they about to get me, I'm gonna yeah. resign. <laughs> yo, Gerald Ford, you got this right. I got you. Pardon. Ha ha. Like I was like, oh okay, like oh, but now we got this shit. Like, ah, oh, bro, like. It's it's crazy, it's crazy. Like, I wanted at least a good week into this. Like, I wanted at least like, let me get through the Golden Globes first, <laughs> and so we could be so I could be angry about what movies win before. But Trump is like, nah, day two, yo, let's yo yo kill that nigga son with the Xbox controller. Like, yeah. wow, I was like, damn drones. When I heard that shit, I was like. See Obama, you fucked up with that drone shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really like. It really speaks to how terrible Trump is in many, many ways. That it's been enough time that even people that caped really hard for Obama would probably be start talking about the drone shit. Yeah, man. Like, yo, he perfected that. Like, he perfected um, oh. the drone kit. Like, this ain't even the first time we'd have done this, man. Like, no. But it's just the first time it was so blatant and people got like Twitter video of it. Like when I saw yeah. that on the BBC, like the dude was driving past looking at the fire. I'm like, yo, they Bama's is in the rock driving with the phone out. Like, man, <laughs> yo, what a time to be alive. Like, what is this too much? I know. It's um oh, it's such a mixed blessing. I mean, it's like um me and my me and some friends were talking about how um 
you know, like 2019 exhibited uh, an era of uprisings, like very similar, but also like, yeah, very similar to the to Arab Spring. Yeah. Um, and it's so much more palpable because so many more people uh, are able to take video and like kind of high high quality video like like in places where you hear about shit popping off and not really see anything like Haiti. Um, and it's really dope. But yeah, I mean, also all these all these phones be snitches. Yeah, it's a it's a double edged sword. Like, oh yeah, everybody. Essentially, we get to the point. Everybody has a mobile, a mobile film television studio in your pocket. Yeah, but they snitching on you the entire time. The At the same time. time, they snitching. Yeah, like they're like it's in their programming to snitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. They don't even need to come by your friend's house and and offer them money or uh, threaten them with drug charges. They can just, uh, yeah, your phone already doing it. So, I, like, all 2019, especially, I'll see some, like, particularly I was watching a bunch of, uh, you know, there's uh, all those femi- uh, feminist marches in Mexico City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, like, uh, I got to catch one, actually, when I was in Mexico last month. Um, but people doing dope shit, like they set a police, police station on fire. And, you know, in Mexico, it's like, you know, whatever. I don't fuck with the police, but you know, like in Mexico, just generally, the police are are many degrees more corrupt and yeah, are yeah, yeah. raping women. So, like, women just like bum rush the police station and set on fire with no masks on. I'm like, this is dope, but yo, know, please get a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds crazy, especially when you yeah you are paying attention. You watching like Hong Kong shit, and they like. 3D printing masks or some shit to go outside and like it's like the yeah. the different types of like uprisings and and standoffs and how each group are handling these situations and it's all happening at one time and you have to like you really have to research it because like mm-hmm. most of the news doesn't doesn't cover most of it like. I try to watch like three different news stations at the same time. That's not just the main American three and, you know, look on the internet, read this, that, and the third. It's like, and I was like, I don't even know all the crazy stuff is happening. Like, yeah. Like, you know, sometimes I find out something happened because it was like, Oh, random protester in this country is wearing a Joker mask. I'm like, wait, wait, hold up. When then they was a roast, there was an uprising there that I got to research. Like, Oh, like how's come nobody's, Talk, wait, we really still talking about Pete Buttigieg <laughs> this long? Like, right? And motherfuckers is really out here, f- like, fighting, fighting, fighting. Yeah, like Chile, they got. Mm. Chile remind. I remember when I was first popping off and seeing videos that reminded me of Ukraine with like dudes walking around with like Roman shields and shit, like yeah. trying. Like, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, um, I guess because I like. uh my own my own weak security culture. I follow random like uh, either anarchist or just sort of like um, like conflict centered decentralized news. Like I follow Popular Front, um, and they uh, it's it's really he's I, I'm pretty sure he's an anarchist. He's an anarchist from the UK, but he travels um, all over the world to do on site reporting. Like he's been in Syria mostly embedded with um with like kurdish fighters 
but he'll be like, he's just a dude, right? It's like, so, but he catches, he catches all of this stuff. Um, so I find that I like end up learning a lot, a lot of stuff, maybe sort of early because I'd be following these, uh, these, um, mostly Instagram, Instagram profiles that specifically focus on like decentralized revolt, but it's like, you know, like shit, shit popping off in like fucking countries I'd never heard of. <laughs> yeah. Like why? Like, oh, God damn. Another one. Like, oh man, did they kind of halfway topple that the government or what the strike been like? And then you turn back and it's like, oh, Trump tweeted again. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's eight hours of CNN and MSNBC. Right. I know. And, and then Fox News is really on some other stuff, like, did you buy these new pair of pants? They could be a liberal tool of <laughs> like, like, oh man, like for real, this is what y'all are? Y'all Fox and Friends all day now? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> right. How the transgenders are changing the flavor of your water. Yo, no, they could make you into like, like oh, what's, oh, how did I get here? Yeah, I know. I've really like, I've started, I've started watching it once in a while just because I'm, I'm so like, uh, I'm so deeply mystified I feel like this is the first this is the first era, the first political political era where I'm just truly mystified by the rationale of some people. Like I always got like I was like, all right, you know, um, the neoconservatives. I was like, all right, you just like a new type of right wing racist, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, like hyper capitalist racist. But like. People be on some shit that I just like. It's so fucking left field and so bizarre. Um, outside of just like, yeah, the random, like even yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just like, like uh, I feel like it used to be that the like the right wing people would just be like not fully understanding like the radical left, like um, but but I re- like I remember when like all right people started coming out. I was like, what is this flag? Like, what is this? Like, they'd have weird signs referring to, like, like the fact that, like, Pizzagate was, like, a whole thing in national conversation is, like, so bizarre. Bro, it's like, it, was, and it's, it was really weird because I went to that pizza place, and I'm like... Oh, really? <laughs> like, like, you don't understand. That place is, like, one of the richest areas of the country, bro. Like, it's, like... It's nothing but, like, old white people in there. It's, right. It's, like, what do you what do you mean? Like, no, it's, like old pizza who likes some like bougie ass not that great pizza mm-hmm. what do you mean y'all actually think that they like sex trading children out of the pizza like that is that is not where it's happening there's clearly places where that possibly is happening yeah but it was I was what, like how did y'all get to this, that's when it got confused like the internet and the spreading of the things and the use of uh the use of the, of the frog, of Pepe the Frog, and it becoming like mm-hmm. this symbol, and then like the Anti Defamation League was like it's a symbol of hate. Now I'm like, like do y'all respect anything this guy did? That the fact that his like mm-hmm. his shit was co opted, mm-hmm. like nobody want to fight for this guy. <laughs> like all he did is made a comic, and the frog just likes to pee with his pants down. Like for real, <laughs> like that, like it's not that serious. Yeah. And, well, we- oh, oh man. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I guess one silver lining is that the Hong Kong now the Hong Kong protesters are really into Pepe, 
So now, like, internationally, the association is, like, anti, like, largely anti-state and anti-authoritarian state protesters. It's, like, not even the alt-right anymore. That's which is pretty amazing. I didn't know that. That is a beautiful turn of uh, events. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you peep, like, a bunch of, of memes outside of Hong Kong, it's mad kids, like, all masked up with helmets and batons and shit just like holding Pepe's hand or like <laughs> Pepe, like fighting the cops and shit. It's pretty. <laughs> it's like it's two different worlds of Pepe, like yeah. evil, dark Trump Pepe over here and over there. It's like freedom fighter, <laughs> freedom fighter Pepe. <laughs> 2020, they got split out. <laughs> Yo, yeah, they got to fight. Oh man. Oh man. So, you know what? I want to ask you, uh, you might have even said this before, but since I was mostly introduced to you through Ryan, um, mm. like, man, how did you get into comics? Um, well, you know, like, just the, like, the interest of comics, um, I, like, I think I started reading comics when, um, like a, a babysitter of mine handed me like a bunch of Spawn comics. Mm. Um, it was like Spawn. And then my uncle, my uncle gave me like one of those, like, you know, those like old long boxes. Yeah. And I have no, I, I wish I could find it, but he gave me like, uh, like, uh, long boxes of like a bunch of silver age comics. Um, like, you know, fantastic Four, silver surfer, like, um, so I think those are the first comics that I read and growing up, I grew up in like the country country. Um, so like the only place I could read new comics was like the drugstore. Uh, so I used to walk in the drugstore and try to read as many, like, you know, that like Spider-Man, yeah. Batman. Stuff. I tried to read that as fast as possible before they kicked me out for reading without buying them. Um, and that was like, that was like all the comics I read uh, for a while until I started reading some manga uh, in high school. But then I got I got uh, I got institutionalized. I got locked up for four and a half years um, for for high school. Uh, and when I got out, um, I don't know how I came across more indie comics like uh, Optic Nerve by uh, Adrian Tomini was like really yeah. big. Um, I think some of it was just like uh, being confined for for four and a half years and being disconnected from reality. I was like, I was like I still like the superhero stuff. Um, I like genre stuff, but I I think like just uh, like life, like just depictions of everyday life became really fascinating because I just didn't know how normal people lived at that point. Um, and I started, you know, I've been drawing comics since I was a little kid. Like the first comics I ever drew were like a terrible bootleg version of Spawn that I like, you know, drew, wrote and drew six pages and like stapled together and showed up my mom. And she was like, I don't know what this is. And then I like, I don't know, put it on my bed or something. Um, but I started drawing comics for like the kids I was institutionalized with for a long time. Like, you know, whatever, like superhero stuff, but even like nasty shit, like they all wanted me to drop porn or like, <laughs> you know, it's like, we, we have, no entertainment really. Um, yeah. And I came out and I wanted to go to college. Um, 
or I wanted to go to art school or I wanted to like go back to where I grew up and do what dudes do where I grew up, which is like, you know, trim trees or like landscaping or, you know, being a plumber or something. Uh, but I happened to get into art school. Um, yeah. And I, and I studied illustration in, uh, in, um, sequential art. They call it sequential art. Yeah. Um, and that's when I found out about, you know, uh, punks and writing freight trains and zines and mini comics and, um, lots of, lots of different kinds of comics outside of like manga and superhero. Um, yeah. And since then, like coming out of reform school, I was like, you know, I'm either going to do what all the other kids did that weren't in prison <laughs> that I grew up with, or, uh, you know, I want to, I want to work in first it was superhero comics, but, um, pretty, pretty soon after I got into college, I realized that that wasn't very interesting <laughs> <laughs> to me. Um, although, you know, I, I feel like Frank Miller and Guy Davis, who are, who are big influences on me, they really, um, they really showed me that I could work in, in mainstream comics if I wanted to, uh, but getting out, I wanted to do like, uh, historical fiction, sci-fi, like graphic novels, graphic novels, um, so when I got out of college, uh, I had this big thing I was working on and I was talking to a first, not first, second, um, top shelf for a while, um, Chris Staros, um, but it, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out, uh, for reasons that are probably mostly my fault. And, um, yeah, I just spent a bunch of years like, uh, doing mini comics, um, I started doing this comic day glow a hole for a while. And, uh, I lived in the South. So I had to travel to go to indie comic shows. Um, you know, I was like scamming Megabus and mm -hmm. doing, doing nasty jobs, um, to get, to get flights and stuff. Uh, yeah. And I just kind of did that for a while. And I guess I still, I still really am. It took a while for me to get published. I think I didn't get published for the first time until I was, <laughs> I think 30, um, yeah, 29, 30 by Silver Sprocket. And that was, that was through, I was living in a commune and I knew someone that was dating somebody that just happened to pass my work to, uh, to Avi that, uh, that runs Silver Sprocket. It used to be a punk label. Um, and I was the first comic that they published, like first solo comic, uh, they did a series for a long time. So I guess that's really, yeah, I guess that's like, that was kind of like the beginning of me having like, you know, a, a career in comics that my mom could acknowledge as like a job, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, but that was like my, like, I have a CD now. Oh, okay. So that's a, that's an interesting story. Uh, how did you, how did you get into your current space of, uh, your politics and the way your feelings about the world and how it informs your work. Cause I think your voice is kind of, um, I shouldn't say kind of your voice is really different in your mm. place within this section of the industry. Cause you know, like the industry is kind of like two halves essentially, or maybe three parts now. Like there's the big two, which everybody care about superheroes. There's the independent scene. And now there's like that, Graphic novel, young adult, Raina Telgemeier scene that kind of yeah. connects to the indie <laughs> scene, but yeah, but like in the past couple of years, 
your profile has risen uh and your your uh your politics has been part of that from what I've seen and you're something different from what I see from most comic people because they either don't talk about it or they they talk about things in a very ill-informed way. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny with the election of Trump seeing how many people feel compelled to weigh to weigh in on, on politics. I feel like uh that impulse is understandable, but yeah, it didn't seem to come with like um you know, it's like people who spent more time uh sharing Pokemon memes than like learning about <laughs> what's going on in the world trying to make comics about politics. I was like, you could you could just still keep on doing uh, your auto bio comics. I don't really need to hear your takes on Iran Contra right now. Um, <laughs> I think, well, I, I, uh, you know, I'm an anarchist and it's, there's not a lot. Um, there's not a lot of like black anarchists in the United States, uh, for various reasons, like the, the political scene for anarchism is pretty white, but, uh, I started being an anarchist in, in, in high school, when I was institutionalized, um, me and uh, two of my friends, we um, we started like a, a kind of like revolt in, in our school when they were locking us down after like a, a student riot. And um, we didn't like, you know, I didn't I didn't really read books until my 20s. Like I didn't really know anything about politics. Um and we sort of like we got conscious just like off of our conditions and like the the scraps of like political knowledge we had maybe heard from somebody, you know, mm-hmm. we uh, we had like a, a pretty radical teacher who probably I would think is like a political cornball now. But, you know, like he was he, he, he was having us read uh, Howard Zinn's People's History of the U.S. Um, so we were we were open to some stuff. And that's. Yeah, I've been an anarchist ever since, really. Um, and for a long time, you know, I I uh, I really like you know sci-fi genre comics, and you know, my politics would be in in the comics, but it wasn't centered. Like, I wasn't trying to explain nothing to nobody. I wasn't really trying to tackle ideas in a very literal way. And I and I I still have a lot of skepticism. Uh, but I had a really strong skepticism for um, like the actual, like how effective political art really could be. Like I was very focused on uh, political activity in my daily life, uh, but not, but like, like uh, very sort of like arms distance when it came to like very straightforward, little literal political artwork that I was doing. Um but uh, I mean, after I got a reform school, I like I, you know, I was motivated to read to like gain knowledge about history in the world. Um, so that's, you know, college is when I really started reading on my own. And, you know, it was art school um, and the, the curriculum was not heavy. So I had tons of time to, to read and listen to stuff, uh, watch lots of really boring documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, when I moved to New Orleans, I got really into uh, like there were where I lived in Georgia. There was no there was really no anarchists. There was like a couple punks that I knew that lived in like a, a nasty house uh, that, you know, shoplifted groceries and stuff. And they were cool, but they weren't really doing anything. Uh, and when I moved to New Orleans, there was like a huge 
uh, anarchist community, um, some of which had been there before Katrina, but a bunch that had come after Katrina to do uh, support around like uh, gutting flooded out homes to to fight uh, people getting evicted from their homes mm-hmm. uh, by the police. You know, there was a lot of people there who had come from doing uh, like land protector stuff. They had done uh, like anti uh, drag line and anti strip mining in um, in West Virginia. So it was like it wasn't a bunch of like internet sort of activist people. It was like people who had been living on top of a mountain with like guns, like fighting (laughs) cops and like, you know, so it was like a lot of like super seasoned anarchists, uh, that, you know, lived in squats and, um, you know, their, their whole lives were sort of like dedicated to these ideas, which was really attractive. You know, it was like, I had mostly experienced people who, had really perfected talking in public, but weren't really doing anything. Um, so it was it was pretty dope to meet people who were not, you know, who had crazy lives, way crazier lives than any sort of like popular activist you might meet, who, you know, who will die in obscurity. Yeah. So that was really inspiring to me. And I got really involved uh, uh, in that, you know, even, you know, even to this day, um, just like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think like, like, um, I think like the first big thing that I did that was really inspiring was, uh, me and a bunch of kids got involved in, a in a university in new Orleans, um, student strike and took over some buildings, um, that required like, you know, crawling through some windows and <laughs> locking some doors. Mm. And, yeah. I just, uh, I just got really excited about that. Um, I think like the, the confluence, like when I became like more um, active in like drawing anarchist comics um, and like more, you know, for people outside of New Orleans, like I was really New Orleans focused for a long time. Uh, like I didn't even leave the city that much. But, you know, I did that comic, Your Black Friends, which to me is like, you know, I guess is ultimately like more identity focused. But, you know, like there's a critiques of uh, capitalism, you know, particularly black capitalism and like pretty strong anti, you know, your black friend hits a cop in the face with a brick, which doesn't, (laughs) no one really brings that up in the New York times reviews, you know? Um, but, uh, but it's in there. Um, and, uh, that's kind of when I started doing, I started working for the nib then. And, um, yeah, I guess, I guess being a, you know, an anarchist, but being black, I feel like, I want to approach, I, I have felt compelled, particularly after Black Lives Matter, to sort of uh, approach ideas uh, through theory and history uh, that people are sort of talking about. So like discussing policing uh, or, you know, discussing prison abolition, you know, I really try to um, I have like, particularly because so many kids came at Black Lives Matter with a lot of self-interest. Um, but also a lot of people I experienced in my, like, in my life that were really, uh, angry and wanted to get out on the street and do something. And were really disappointed that people just kind of wanted to do die-ins and read poetry. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I felt really motivated to speak to all of that. (laughs) Hmm. I remember when, um, that comic came out, your black friend, uh, so friends of here did like a, a book. 
a, a, a book club about it. And, you know, I just I just came to the comic store because of the homies. Like, right. I've got to a point where I kind of started separating myself from, like, the comics community. I've been doing this so long that, like, you know, I'm kind of... I joke with Ron that we kind of reversed. Like, back when we was younger, he was like, I don't want to deal with none of this stuff. And he just go, you know, he go in the house and he'd be in New York, he'd be outside. And he just, you know, he's drawing all the stuff and I'm out here meeting all these people. And right. Things kind of reversed. It's like he started meeting like, like his clan. Like we went to SBX one year and like, you know, like you was there, Wit was there, uh, Chris Kendra was there, Richie Poe. Like all these people was there. He found these people and I was like, oh, all these people was cool. But I was still like in this two world space and I was just like, I don't want to be around nobody. I'm going yeah. to my hole. And he's like, yo, I found my spot. Now, you know, he's, he's popping. But I yeah. remember like, I remember going to the comic store and it was like, it was a black focused book book club. It's in DC. It's called Phantom Comics. And, uh, and like, I read, I read the work and it's like, I thought it was good, but I didn't relate. And it mm-hmm. made me really think about it because it's like, yo, I grew up in the DC area. Like there was a period of time until very recently, you know, DC was chocolate city. Right. Right. So there's a certain space in which people talk about the interactions with white people they're like, I didn't have to really deal with white people, white people until I was a, a grown ass person. Right. Like I grew up, you know, joking, like I grew up in Wakanda. Like there's rich niggas, there's poor niggas, there's smart right. niggas, there's hood niggas, there's, but everybody kind of looked out for each other because, you know, it's a black run city. Everybody in the government, black, black music, go-go music ain't really leave here. Like this shit is enclosed. So I remember some of my reactions to it and it made me rethink because I had to reread it. And I was like, you like that really put you on the map for me. Because at that time I knew you was hanging out with Ron, but it was like, you know, this is the homie. I was like, I don't even know him like that, man. We ain't been introduced. And it was like, I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. But I know that yeah. work really changed things because then I saw, then you went to SBX and you was on some like, uh, you was like, fuck old boy. Uh, the oh, white yeah. white man, right? And then I had these, the- yeah, yeah. Oh shit, I can't even think his name right now. Oh, sex pervert nigga. But um R. Crumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R. Crumb, right? And I found yeah. that shit hilarious because it's like I kind of been on like like R. Crumb ain't shit. Like I was <laughs> like I respect the work, but I'm like, yo, did you watch the documentary? This nigga ain't shit. Um yeah. nasty. Like he real wild. Like it was interesting, this like these conversations I would have with like older folks in in the comic space. And it's like, how can you say that? And I was like, I like that shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck them niggas, man. Like, like, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I say that shit around white people, black people. I don't care. Like, I'm, like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm about, I'm about to be 40. Like, I really don't care. <laughs> like, like, I was like, Oh yeah, man, fuck that nigga though. Like, I don't, I don't all come like, they kind of deserve it. Like they needs to be new people here. And I did. I kind of like that. You kind of like, you took that whole like you know group of people y'all took it like started like really changing what I feel some of the ideas of what indie comics is like from the forefront like it became way less white yeah there was a period I would go to I've been going to SPX a long time and I was like there's like five motherfucking black people in this whole space and like we 30 minutes from DC like I don't understand like how come there ain't no black people here and yeah it was a shift and yeah, I just wanted to say that because it was like it was interesting piece of work, and then I like I started following you and I started seeing like this morning I was I read a bunch of stuff on your Patreon like mm. what what moved you to make a comic about move in Philadelphia? Um, 
Well, part of it is like, uh, I, I've been getting like real tired or I have been real tired of both like the whiteness of, um, of the anarchist milieu and a lot of the, um, I guess lack what I feel like, uh, just sort of like a lack of like revolutionary energy and a lot of black leftists, like, you know, there's, I think a combination of like repression and just the, like the massive amount of money in like the nonprofit sector has just like really dispersed a lot of like the revolutionary energy that used to exist. in like a lot of the black community, like we don't have, we don't have like a black liberation army. We don't have Republican new Africa's around. Like we don't even have like, like the black Panther party for self-defense. Like we don't have that kind of thing. And um, like really around in like a major way. Yeah, even the nation of Islam ain't, ain't what he ain't what he used to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I got like a bunch of years ago. I I got just really into trying to research a lot of things, try to figure out where people are at. You know, because a lot of people are dead. Um. But you know, there's still people that are in prison. You know, Russell Maroon Show still out here writing books. Um. Assad is still in Cuba. Like. You know, I, I'm just I've been really curious about, you know, like their ideas, their personal history in a way that like I was sort of interested, but I never really bothered to investigate really seriously um, just because, you know, I want to know, you know, I, is, um, you know, across the board, you know, are like uh, around 68, like the whole world was just like in a crazy, like revolutionary fervor, yeah. like people where people are out of pocket, like everywhere. Um, so part of me is like, is this just the era or, or is there something, is there some sort of formula, um, here, you know? Um, so move. So me wanting to do a comic about move is sort of part of that where I'm just, I'm deeply interested. And also it's just like, I'd like to have, I want to have conversations like through comics about, um, about these figures in history in a way that feels like really practical, you know, um, like I don't want to you know, like in Philadelphia, people really uh, like DFI move, but white people really DFI move hmm. like like the memory, you know, like people, people came up with, with moves people here in Philadelphia. Yeah. So they have pretty, they have like a pretty grounded uh, for the most part, sort of like perspective on them, but white people just like, they don't want to criticize them. <laughs> even though they were fucking nuts, you know, yeah. leaving, walking around, leaving chicken bones everywhere. Um, and, uh, so I, I guess I want to have just like a real conversation about like, who were they? What did they do? What were their ideas? Let's investigate their ideas. What did they do? That was dope. And what did they do was, you know, mad stupid. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I ended up making that comic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made it for an anthology too. Uh, that's coming out. Um, that's called American cult. I think it's, it's place in that anthology is probably going to make people mad. I mean, they were a cult, but, uh, the, the sort of tone of the anthology is, is, um, is kind of dope because it's not approaching these cults in like a way that, um, justifies them or venerates them, but it also doesn't shame people for being parts of cults. Cause I mean, cults are such a big part of American culture there's clearly a reason why people are a part of them. Um, and there's a, I feel like we have this tendency to do these things in the United States where we sort of, um, 
we sort of just uh what is it like cults is like a is one of them i think people do it like people on the left do it with the right on the right a lot they're like oh you're a part of this because you're an idiot yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. it's like dehumanizing and demeaning it's like yeah. a weird confluence of like patronizing and i can't even i get i get what you're saying but i can't even, i can't totally explain it myself it's like right like have you ever talked to these like i always had these questions like years ago it's like like way back in the bush era like like i was really big i got really into this game called hero clicks right it was a tabletop game where you play with like these little miniatures of superheroes and dice and it's kind of like chess and shit and you be doing attacks and then you meet so many different people mm-hmm. just because it's like oh there's a game on saturday so you go play the game and you you know what i'm saying you meeting people just because you like the game and you like yo i fuck with iron man bro like you know what i'm saying like you know, this is before he all hot and shit. Robin Downey Jr. You just like, y'all got Iron Man. I got fucking the Beast. I got like a random Robin. I'm gonna whoop your ass. You know what I'm saying? I'm roll these dice, and then like, but I end up meeting so many different people in like, from like here up to like up north. They would just come down, and I meet so many people out of my wheelhouse. Because first of all, you go into a game store, and it's right. an entirely different type of like people and structure and culture that yeah. I don't know nobody really knows about. Like yeah, that's yeah. still untouched. And then, then you Very. it's like you meeting so many people, then you find out like the politics is at a certain point you come and thinking like, oh yeah, we all like like superhero books, so we all like believe in the same shit. Mm. But then you really start like, oh yeah, let's go to dinner. You know what I'm saying? We've been playing all day. Let's go get something to eat. And then you yeah. know you start hearing what people talk. And you know now I'm like I'm a black person in a white space, but at this point, like I'm like 26, 27, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so like I'm a phone person, like I'm paying taxes, you know, <laughs> I got a job and shit. I didn't owe niggas money, you know, businesses and shit. Like I got to deal with real shit. So I'm listening yeah. here and like, Oh, like, like I don't agree. Like I've had long ass debates about like, back then about Bush with like black people, like black people. I knew yeah. went to the military and they was like, yeah. yo, we fuck with Bush. And I was like, Yo, you know that nigga's a C student. Like, how can you trust this nigga to do anything? <laughs> like, right. like, there's a certain point where I get da- like, I would get down to things like, all right, fuck it, I can accept that you Republican, I can deal with this. But like, yo, his dad was at least like an evil fucking genius. Like, you gotta right. have standards for these niggas, right? Yeah. And it, it was just things like this. But then I would get like later on in life, in my thirties, I would, you know. I'll meet the more like younger left wing people and they were just like, yo, they're stupid or whatever. I was like, wait, 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 you haven't even had no real like conversations. Like I didn't sit out and ate with motherfuckers, met their kids. Yeah. You know, meet people's like wives and husbands and shit. Like, yeah. Like at a certain point, like you got it, like they're human. Like yeah. you don't agree. And then sometimes you're like, damn, like you really, now you get right. Like, oh, you really on this Trump shit though. Like, damn, like, <laughs> like this is what happened when I'm like I'm not like around to like talk to you like oh fuck <laughs> like, like I need you to understand shit is real out here <laughs> like, and it's like but it just made me it made me kind of just like kind of sad overall because it's like like none of y'all niggas is talking to each other this shit is bad like Facebook made this shit worse like this is, I this is the worst. like I don't know what like MySpace at least you had to go outside or something like <laughs> you had to go in the computer and use the shit and like type and like use HTML or something like I, I don't I don't know where we're at. Like, ah. Yo, you're really the Facebook president. It's crazy. Oh, bro. Like, yeah, like, social media is really, 
social media's really just really really mess things up. Yeah, not like the hyperbole people say. Like, mm-hmm. like it's America Online now again. Like you remember when you, when you were young and everybody <laughs> get the disc and you go to America Online and you're like, oh, you're on the internet, but you're not really on the internet. Yeah, you're in America Online. There's these little tabs. Right. Right, it's like, right. I want to go to the sports tab or the NFL tab. <laughs> and you talk to all the people about yeah. NFL. But it's like that now. It's like, I go to the Facebook tab and then there's like crazy shit. And, yeah. and then there's the Twitter tab and there's like hashtags for no reason. And then there's the Instagram tag. And then it's just, just weird things of like selling sex and lies and, and, and then art. And then it's Instagram is weird. It, it kind of starts <laughs> to trouble me. Like, yeah, yeah, and it, it's all yeah. You snitch it on yourself. What is a Facebook? They got the facial face recognition software. Oh, bro, that was like, it's yeah, it's nuts. Nuts to me is like is the scale the scale of surveillance, but also that people act like it's not a problem. Like that's still it, that's still. Of blows my mind where it's like it's like I accepted that I was an idiot and I got on Facebook and it's like even if I remo- remove myself it's not going to do nothing they got me yeah. but it's like the fact that you're like oh that's not a problem especially it's like you don't think at some point like I don't know it's like okay so you might be your life might be centered around your kids and your job you're not like you know, you're a political moderate or something, or you don't even worry about it. You got bills to pay. It still has to trouble you on some level that in the world, they've got tons of people's faces and they have uh, drones that can hit people with missiles. (laughs) They might not be coming for you specifically, but it just bothers me that that those two technologies can come together out there. With GPS and all, all this stuff together, it kills me because, like, I tell, like, you know, people say, oh, my God, you know, I got this, uh, you know, this elect- I got the uh, Amazon this and then I got this and that. I'm like, yo, like, I ain't get none of that because, you know, I, I work at IT. That's the that's what pays the, the rent. Right. And it's like and it's like, oh, you don't have that. But you're just a check out. It's like, yo, wow. Yo, it, they taping. It's dry snitching. Like, why? <laughs> like, like, the more you know about technology, the more you know that they like they, they tape. And it's like I listen to rap music for too long for me to trust. I know. Trust is like, right? That was the thing. It's like, yo, they, yo, they taping the conversation. You can't, you can't talk like this. All like, you didn't watch any of the mob movies. Like, they don't talk on the phone or nothing. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, why are we FaceTiming all the time? Like, what yeah. are you doing? I don't. Yeah. Why are you taking my picture? Like, right. I accepted that people take my picture now, but like, I was hot like ten years ago. I'm like, yo, I can't disappear now. Like. They're like, yeah. well, why would you want to disappear? Because, nigga, you never know when they're going to turn on you. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, yeah. Like, what are you like? What are you talking like, nigga? The government, like, they kill, they kill niggas, man. Don't y'all know? Like, we talk about this all the time. <laughs> like, I, I'll be I, laughing. Like, like I'm laughing, but I'm just like, y'all ain't never concerned about none of this. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's also it's something that I think about a lot, particularly like watching all these uprisings in other places, like. um, you know, like it's it's interesting because the mainstream news it won't like they won't really um, discuss like who's involved. Mm-hmm. And you know, like on Facebook, they'll be like, you know, if there's a riot in the United States, it'll be like 
uh, oh, this was Antifa, da da da, and they sort of like they sort of glaze over like who's involved in things, but like historically, like um, you know, like the summer riots, like the summer race riots, um, mm. you know, when when uh, you know, it's like a series of things, like uh, during the um, what was it? It was like mid mid to late sixties. Uh, police kept on fucking people up, and like counter to the you know the historical you know like. In history, uh, in the United States, like historically, like white people uh, rioted to kill black people. But in that era, you know, black people were like, you know, police be fucking us up. Uh, it's time to burn shit down. I read this. I read this book uh, called Violence is Protest that was written by I think a social scientist that was working uh, for the uh, for the for the president as like 10 years later. Um, and he, he just did a survey of who was involved in the riots and why, uh, like in a large scale. Cause the, you know, the government wanted to know like who, who was actually rioting, you know, in an attempt to stop it. And, uh, and what he found out was that it was all ages of people, uh, all economic backgrounds, um, for very like concrete reasons. And even though it was like, I think at most it was like, 10 to 15% of the population rioted or whatever, um, they were largely supported. And in the world, it's like really similar. Like, you know, in the Euromaidan uprisings, there were a lot of people, you know, there's people who are like middle class that like, like to go to, you know, Burning Man type shit that had like no interest in politics prior to the point of like police just shooting people that were protesting. Mm -hmm. And then they were down, you know, they were downtown in body armor, like yeah. <laughs> using made homemade uh, catapults <laughs> to shoot rocks at secret police, you know. Um, it's way more just normal, disengaged people. And I feel like all this stuff, all this like, you know, the you know, like allowing ourselves to be monitored and snitched on to like allow to support like private companies um, having monopolies over travel over like shopping, you know, Amazon taking fucking groceries over. Like it's it's ending the possibility of anything. And yeah. I feel like that's the big thing. It's like it's like the the walls are being constructed closer and closer. Like we we're like um yeah, we're just being closed in in this way that like even even if things got to a point where you suddenly felt inspired um to whatever advocate for yourself in a more hands-on way um it there is going to be a moment where it's like not even really possible yeah i it worries me because I, sometimes i have friends who put post up a lot of things that, that china does right mm -hmm. and while i don't agree with them as the state doing what they're doing mm -hmm. i did counter was like this is no different than America. Right. Except we opt in and we let a corporation do it. Yeah. There, the actual state is actually like, no, we're doing this for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. All right. We actually don't know the real reason why Facebook and Amazon and Twitter and even Apple and all these, we really don't. They, they don't actually share. What they share is like, we want to make you know a better product for you to make your life easier. You know, it's right. like, it's a lie, but like, you know that, like, if the government gives them this special warrant, they're going to cough up the the information. Or we can get even more dangerous. And when you got the thing with Apple, it means, like, 
yo, they, like, what if they actually are big enough to tell like a, a, a like state to be like, nah. And what if it happens when they start getting their own military forces? Right. There's nothing to say that they can't, you know, buy a private military corporation. Yeah. And then what happens when they become like an actual true corporate state and they have <laughs> these lands and these properties and it's like, yeah, we can do what we want. And then we, yeah. like, it's just all these things. It's like, like none of y'all are, no, like y'all real cool with being living in Blade Runner, like, mm-hmm. and I tell people all the time, like, yo, like I don't want to live like this. It's like, yo, we already live in a dystopia. You just don't yeah. know it. You don't yeah. think about it. Like all the stuff that they said was bad in movies in like '88, all that shit came true. I know, yo. I think about that all the time. It's like we living in Blade Runner now. It's like it's, 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 you don't want to do nothing about it. Yeah, like yo, like we are literally one. We're, we're one executive away from someone making the Running Man. <laughs> yeah, and like the yeah. like reality TV. You watched the Running Man as a kid, and I bet you the adults are saw like, "Ha, oh, this is funny. This will never happen." Mm. And it's like now reality TV is get to a point where it's like the only thing left you have is to have criminals, an American Gladiator type thing for their freedom. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I can't say that people won't watch it. Oh, come on. Like people love UFC. Exactly. I'm like, I like, I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm like, this stuff with Robocop, I'm like, yo, what makes what makes the stuff with Robocop different from Google? Like, yeah. They can buy a dead person and make him into a robot cop. Yeah. 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 I think a lot about I'm doing this um there's this uh, anthology that's going to come out that's connected to the, like the flash forward podcast, which I was not aware of before they they asked me to do this comic. But, um, you know, it's like, a. I mean, uh, let me, let me choose my words carefully because it pay me. Um, They, uh, anyway, so it's a podcast that is talking about the future. And um, I've been thinking a lot about how much, um, you know, science fiction, uh, television and movies in particular have inspired technology. Um, and also makes us, you know, in ways that I think we don't realize makes us, uh, sort of like narrows idea about like what, like what the future could look like. Like, I feel like, I feel like if there was a RoboCop, people would start to get a little worried, uh, particularly given how trash the sequels were. But like, I think actually like a, a future, like, you know, they're doing this now where they um, they have uh, planes that live map like whole cities. Yeah. So they're able to follow you to your house now, you know, like, you know, if they if they catch you potentially like, you know, I, they say they're doing it for like, you know, people are trying to shoot people. But, you know, like if you get in your car, they can follow your car to your house and then police will just go to your house. Um. You know, it's like that's like that's probably probably Robocop is just going to be like a little fucking nigga with like like fucking drone with a camera and like a laser. (laughs) And it's just some dude, you know, they uh, my friend was telling me they like they're really perfecting technology where you can control things without any keyboard. Right. So it's just going to be a nerd in his apartment. You know what I mean? Hooked up to the drone following you home. Cause you didn't have that extra 25 cents to buy the Rolo. So you just snatched it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's RoboCop now. <laughs> there, there was a show that came on Fox, I think a season or two ago 
where they had it was basically uh a tech billionaire uh got a a crisis of conscience because he he was in a, on a robbery situation in the store and his friend and bodyguard was killed so he's like i want to approve the police department uh-huh. so he he takes over a whole police department and outfits the entire police department with all this technology and he has this big computer in the middle and he he helps them track down the crimes it's like everything that you're saying yeah but with like a uh like a tech leader in the middle trying to do the right thing and how he interact with you know the down-to-earth working class police officers as he gives yep. them these crazy cars and super drones mm-hmm. and all these things and i'm like and I'm watching the show because I'm like, yo, first of all, I think I should watch this show. Like, <laughs> like, like people, you know, sometimes people put these things out here and they go away, they get canceled. Almost think it's like oh, these things are canceled because they're bad or people don't watch them. They wanted to put the ID out here to get like a certain group of people like ready. Like, uh-huh. yo, yo, 10 years, this is it. Like, yeah, plant the seed. And I'm like, Oh, like, oh, this is hella dangerous. Like, I watched all eight, 12, 13, well, 13 episodes, but I was like, this is, this is dangerous, but it's also like, yo, we like five years from this. Yeah. From a guy's like, yo, I could do this. And the, in one city, in like San Francisco, out from the, the suburbs, I was like, yo, I could do this better. I could do this yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, ah, like, I don't, like, I don't want like cop cars with drones that just look me in my window. Like, and it's not that far off. It is, yeah, I don't under, I don't think people understand like the use of the storytelling and the ideas and how it impacts uh-huh. the way we think yeah. about things. Yeah. Yeah, the seeds get planted. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, especially because, you know, like Jeff Bezos is like potentially just like one bad interaction with a black teenager away from like doing some shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like taking charge of a police station like it really wouldn't take much i think a lot about like what happens the next time we have an economic downturn like another repression which is coming yes you know which is very very soon like how how much like how much like our worst fears um could be easily realized like the fact that like the gig economy is so huge that so much is mediated through so much business is is mediated through these private companies and we don't have something like, um, you know, like we don't have something like heavy union presence in any of these industries. Like there's no guaranteed income. There's no guaranteed anything. No benefits, Uh, no time off. Yeah. Working hours, no off hours. It's just you work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they don't, yeah, they don't have to guarantee you a job. You know, they can bounce you whatever. It's not an employer. Yeah, uh, you're, you're you're a contractor. Yeah, you're an independent contractor. It's funny because a lot of this stuff, like I watch wrestling, and a lot of the <laughs> stuff people are talking about now with this, it's like you do know this. This is like wrestling's always been this way. Like, this <laughs> right. man doesn't he doesn't give Bret Hart health insurance, right? Like, what do you mean? Like Undertaker doesn't have health insurance. He's a world champion. He's a famous. I have an action figure. He's an yeah. independent contractor, bro. If you yeah. don't work, he don't get paid. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's dangerous. It's like we we just got coaxed into it all. Um Yeah. I was reading your comic sports. What's what's 
what's sports about? Because it's it's pretty has it been announced? I remember you were telling me that you were last time I saw you in person in in the real life. You see, yeah. I was going to do a, a comic about sports and the the stuff you've shown on your Patreon seems mm. to have a very interesting take on current happenings, the idea of sports, and like an even more dystopic uh, future. Oh say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports is hell. It's coming out um, next month. I'm pretty sure. I don't know the. I don't remember the date. But yeah, it's. Um, I caught. I got on uh, Koyama Press's like last run, so it's like the one of the last books they're putting out um, this year. But yeah, I mean the premise is um is uh there's a a riot after uh, a Super Bowl win in Amer in a major American city, and sort of a combination of things happen, like um, people's exuberance coupled with. Uh, a citywide blackout and just like heavy police repression of the riot just sort of like uh, sends the, uh, or sort of like uh, quickly transitions uh, the Super Bowl riot into just like an all out civil war between various uh, factions, Uh, much like uh, Ukraine, you know, it's like Europe, like it's sort of like a, the transition from Euromaidan into sort of like the civil war between like these different militia, Ukrainian militias and like Russian backed militias. Um, but it happens within a night. And instead of like uh, political uh, partisans, like the different militias are sports fandoms or subsets of sports fandoms. So there's like the two teams comprise different militias. And then of those militias, there are sub militias. So there's like, you know, or there's like little minor team militias, like the the football team's militia is like a, a proto-fascist um, death squad. Um, so that's sort of like, so anyway, so that's the setting. And um, the protagonists are uh, are these two sort of insurrection anarchists, um, a sort of like uh, Black Lives Matter guy in his 40s, and then two young white liberals that like wanted to go downtown to sort of do a protest and try to make the, the um, sports riot political. Um, And that, that group of people is trying to find uh, essentially Colin Kaepernick. um, And some of the, the, the people think that Colin Kaepernick can be sort of like, um, like a a figure of peace, you know, Um, and the insurrectionary anarchists are just sort of trying to navigate the space and understand it. Um, I guess I made the book. It's funny now with all these uprisings, um, it ends up being uh, more sort of more relevant than I expected uh, when I made it. I think it's been maybe over a year ago. Um, but the, the idea was to sort of investigate um, like a realistic way that um, organized political violence happens. It's sort of, it's a really weird book and it ends up, I, it's like more of an anarchist book than I think I've made in a while um, in that it's it's trying to investigate violence and how irrational it is um, and how uh, irrational sort of like politics and violence can be and the sort of psychic effect it has on people. Um, yeah, but but hopefully in, a, in like a 
it's also funny. You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be a wacky premise. Yeah, what I read, I really enjoyed. I was like, oh, what's? I was like, oh, there could be some more of this, but I was like, oh, he stopped posting. That must be about to come out or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just got to listen publish it. Yeah, I should I should finish. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. I think the book reads more straightforward than my explanation of it, but yeah. You got to tease people too. You can't you can't okay. be no reason if you really explain it, explain it. There's no reason to read it. <laughs> right. So, like <laughs> Um I've enjoyed a lot of your comics. I guess like you're more daily or more like you know, true life four panel comics. Uh, mm-hmm. What what are those doing for you right now? That's just like a way of venting, a way of just staying active in this in your in your in your art or online or you know, is is this serving? Is going to be like a book one day? Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's well, it's sort of interesting because I. I used to do four panel comics in college for the, um, for the, for the newspaper, for my college newspaper. Uh, and they were terrible. And, um, <laughs> I did it for two years in college. And I was like, I'm bad at this, so I should never do this again. Um, and then I started doing, um, long form, but also like a lot of short form comics for the nib, like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, and when they got, Right before they got dropped by first look, um, I, you know, I'd signed a contract to do um, like a summer's worth of, uh, you know, short form comics for them. I was really excited about and they had to they had to end the contract mm-hmm. with me. They lost all their money. So I was like, well, let me you know, I got you know, I got all this stuff scripted out. Um, let me just let me just do it. Um and I've been increasingly sort of more interested in doing nonfiction comics. Things that are either political or, you know, there's like some of these comics are just like me at the barbershop, me talking to a friend about, you know, sticks and, you know, Dave Chappelle's stand up special. Mm. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been trying to just sort of investigate doing just straight nonfiction um, in a new way. And um, I like the four panel comics. They have to be really efficient. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying them and, and the nib actually, they just, um, I just signed a contract to do a, a new monthly or to do monthly four panel comics again. Like, Cause but they're, they're saved, fun. right? They got like some, some help or something. I, I'm, I'm out of the loop with the nib. But. They didn't, so they didn't get bought again. It seems like they think that they can eat off of subscriptions. Okay. Um, you know, they pay in the same. Um, I think the output is like a bit slower, but yeah, they're all, they're just doing the NPR model okay. as far as I know. Um, That's yeah, good. which is cool. I mean, you know, again, like, you know, if there's another recession, <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> I don't think comics is going to make it in a big way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really wonder if people are really thinking about that heavy. I don't know. You know, the people around me are, but you know, I, I live with wing nuts, you know, they're all trying to like, you know, buy land and shit. Um, but no, I bet, I bet not. I mean, it seems like the, like most like Trump supporters think that, you know, he's responsible for the, for the high employment and that that will continue. 
that he's a, an economic genius. Um, That's I true. And they have their own wing nuts that probably has like bunkers and mm, mm. and and stuff in the stash, They're ready. So oh, for sure. That's what the guns are for. Yeah, uh, people, yeah. They seem to. They seem to be. I guess it's not the same show. That, they seem very obsessed with sort of like zombie, like zombie prepping. That seems like an especially. I feel like it crosses like uh, the political strata, but definitely there's lots of right wing people that are just very obsessed with, you know, prepping for a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, because I I, I remember well, my always thoughts of the zombie, in 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 American culture now is the zombie represents facing an enemy that you can't reason with, right? And the other, so it's like. So it's like I was happy with my little Resident Evil zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, evil corporation makes a, a virus. Right. City gets turned out. You gotta survive. Big bad is the corporation. You know, it's like right. random Japanese games is about like corporations doing some evil shit. Right. And you got like like Final Fantasy VII is about like eco terrorists. Right. Shit. Like when you think about it, it's like, damn, that was kind of radical that we were just yeah, yeah, yeah. playing this game with this dude with a big ass sword, but they was like really out here. Yeah. Um but you know, you get to like you know the new tour like twenty eight days later and like the new dawn of the dead and just like like oh y'all just shook a people like <laughs> right like y'all like the zombies is Mexicans the zombies is the yeah. is the Central American people refugees trying to get some help the it's everybody but y'all like mm-hmm. and we, you know you got one you got one or two black friends in y'all little group. Like yeah. the Walking Dead started out something interesting to read, and it just got me like, like yo, this shit is hella problematic. Like, yeah, like y'all just afraid to act. Like y'all ain't figured this out yet. Like y'all really plotting to be like in danger and to like have to kill people all the time. Like <laughs> y'all don't rebuild nothing. Like y'all don't. The zombies don't die. They don't like fall apart. Like okay, like. Yeah, I've noticed that people really like. I think about zombies, but I think of like game zombies. But I know people who really do like, yo, I gotta get the, I gotta get the shipping container, and then I put that in the ground, and then I hook up the power, and then I was like, yo, you got all this already? Like, where did y'all get this money from? Like, <laughs> then that's what you think about. Like, yo, white people got mad money. They don't tell nobody about. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> Black people still go be in the projects in the zombie apocalypse. Like fuck it, like <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I know. Yeah, the like. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about the. It's the. Uh, it's the sequel and then the mall. I don't remember yeah. the name. Dawn yeah. is this Dawn of the Dead? Like this yeah. the original movie is about consumerism, right? And the Zack Snyder film is. This is Zack Snyder film. I know. I'm not. <laughs> Oh, the original. I mean, the original is troubling too, because like you're saying, it's like the antagonist in uh, Resident Evil is ultimately a corporation. But like, I, there's, it feels like in the in Dawn of the Dead, the implicit critique is that people were already zombies because they were consumerists. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I mean, yeah, for sure, fuck capitalism and consumerism and whatever centering that in your in your life isn't a isn't a way making it a choice, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make you a bad person. Like the problem is still, uh, capitalism. Yeah. 
so it's so yeah it's troubling that people like you were saying it is like an incredibly uh sort of like fascist view of zombies which are already mad appropriated from fucking haitian culture <laughs> yeah uh, yeah 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 when i figured that out like you know in, in the late 90s i was like really word let me tell i was like tell me more you know <laughs> like yes yeah, tell me older black people and like caribbean people tell me all about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man yeah it's interesting how deep and maybe it's just an aspect of of like the more washed you get the more you're like see what you're not really in understanding is that this came from africa and this <laughs> <laughs> but like definitely it's like it's crazy how many different things like how deep it goes i like something that I, you know i've been researching for this new book that's about um you know about a hundred years of armed black uh resistance and it's it's sort of interesting just seeing how um like like how fundamentally or in like different ways like the persistent economic disposition and oppression of black people like how thorough it is mm, like yeah. uh like uh i was reading about the uh the fusion party you know about the fusion party actually i don't What's okay the so the fusion I'm pretty sure this is they weren't they were referred to as the fusion party, but it really what it was. It was a it was a um, a coalition of white Republicans and um, and uh, former black formerly enslaved people. They were trying to create uh, basically like non white supremacist political parties in the South. Oh, OK. Actually, uh, I've heard about that. I know okay. it's called the fusion yeah. party. Yeah, they were. um they were running on a Republican ticket, so they weren't called formally the Fusion Party, but like in the newspaper or whatever, that's what they would be. They, they were referred to. And they were, you know, just to separate themselves from Republicans that weren't fucking with black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, in the Deep South, you know, both white and black in the night, uh, you know, Democrats, you know, like uh, would would come to people's houses, uh, drag them out to the street and shoot them. Yeah. All because, you know, they wanted, you know, they were still, you know, they would elect black people. But in a lot of cases, they were electing white people still. A lot of these people, former former slave owners who just, you know, decided, well, now you're free. And I, I guess we, we should share political power. You know, they would elect a white, just like non-black hating sheriff who is probably still by modern standards while racist. Um, and, you know, that white dude would still get killed. Um it's like, damn, it's like, and it's, you know, it's before, it's before the clan, it's before all of that, um, like the different ways. Um, and the, you know, so they would kill them for trying to elect, uh, you know, Republicans or the, you know, they would kill black people who had, you know, two, you know, like two or three, too many cows, you know, mm. you know, black people had maybe six cows, um, next to a white dude that have four and he would get shot for that. It was like, it's like you knew that was happening, but the scale is just fucking crazy. It's like if you it's like, uh, oh, from like day one. This is why, <laughs> you know, these same people, these, the, you know, the, the 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 descendants, you know, the white descendants of these what, you know, were called white cappers that were killing black people for having too much money. These days will be like, well, you know, it's just black people are inherently poor. Yeah, it's like 
It's like motherfucker, your grand, your grand, great grandfather. <laughs> we're out here. Yeah. You shot the people who were poor, like so they, as a message, like yeah. Uh, we have money, and you took it. <laughs> yeah, I think about that shit all the time. Yeah, it, it it bothers me when going back to what you were saying about like radical movements and and where we at right now. There was a certain point, like um, with Trayvon Martin, and it was leading up to Mike Brown, and like friends wanted to go march, mm-hmm. and I would tell them like, "What we what we marching for?" Right. And it was right. like we had to do this up like like y'all y'all like y'all got permits, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, "Huh? What do you mean? Like the people who organized the march got a permit?" And it was like, yeah, what does that mean? Was I mean the cops know where you're gonna be at? Right. What are you doing? <laughs> you got you got a, a strict path you're gonna follow, and it's gonna be over at a certain time, right? Right. So what are we doing? Right. And then like like they like they get into it. I'm like, yo, y- y'all holler at me when niggas is really about some shit. Right. Like, I, if y'all really on some revolution shit, like, yo, I got you. Like, I might not even out there, but I got the safe house, like. <laughs> niggas come through, niggas clean up, you know. Right. We we bought it, bought it. Like, but like until like niggas have a plan, it's more than just like, and I'm like, I was like, I'm I'm supporting y'all, but like I ain't I ain't walking for nothing for nothing. Like, like I grew up watching that on TV. Like I grew up watching Eyes on the Prize. Like, if that shit ain't work, mm-hmm. and they figured out how to deal with it. And like, you know, I live in D, like since I live in DC, I remember when the Tea Party was marching, right? Right. The Tea Party was marching out on these streets at a time when the city was still 55% black, right? So you got mm-hmm. all these white folks with these Don't Tread On Me shirts and flags, and they got guns on their back. Mm-hmm. And the place that I live, and I'm just trying to go to work mm-hmm. and come mm-hmm. home. And this shit was cool. <laughs> like, y'all was cool with this. Right. Right. Like, they got guns, bruh. Mm. This is this deep, this like yo, like, and every time when people like yo, I want to feel safe, like nigga, I ain't like, what are you talking about? Niggas ain't been safe ever, right? Not for real, for real. Yeah, that shit drives me. I would get into those arguments in New Orleans with these kids. You know, in a lot of cases, a lot of them younger. Like in New Orleans, I mean, the South is is real different in a lot of ways. But there's, I feel like in New Orleans, you would almost never hear an older person be like, oh, I'm worried about my safety in that way. You know what I mean? They're like, no, I'm out here. Fuck it. Like so many times I'd be at one of these corny marches and a person who's like, you know, like 10, 20 years older than, than you or I would be like, what are we doing? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, let's go do something. (laughs) We did this already. On this march by its ears to do something more crazy. (laughs) And the 20 year olds would be like, oh, I don't know. Like the march is supposed to be over by seven. Hold up. I got this. I got this speech I worked on. Um, But yeah, there would be. Yeah. Like a lot of that where it's like it's like someone would be like, well, I don't want to feel safe. It's like, don't you just feel unsafe all the time? Like, I don't feel safe. Like people would be like, oh, I don't want to go confront some Nazis because I don't want to be in danger. It's like you in danger. Yeah. The Nazis are out here. When they're done with the march, they're going to come looking for you. That's always what happens. They go on the little march where the police protect them, and the police go away, and then they go out and they hunt people. Yeah, like, I'm like that's what killed me when people talk about that. I'm like, but hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, 
Like you mean to tell me that your grand, your great grandfather, your grandfather went to Germany to fuck them niggas up, and now, <laughs> and, and now you, Mister, Mister, Mister Generation X or late boomer white man, <laughs> is out here cool with these niggas, like, like y'all, y'all, y'all imprinted upon me through video games and movies and HBO specials about how important it was that all these white men went over and then, you know how many times I watched Saving Private Ryan, my guy? Like, <laughs> and then, like, and, and, and then, y'all gonna do all that shit, and then I gotta watch this, this nigga that used to be with Don Kid come on TV say that, like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's five people on both sides, and y'all cool with this, like, like, nigga, uh, Captain America made a billion dollars, like, don't you find this hypocritical? Like, Oh. And then with the young people, it's like it seems like they interned. They spent so much time telling people, "It's like, yo, you know Martin Luther King, up until I have a dream from the Montgomery boycott to the I have a dream speech, mm-hmm. is, is perfect." Martin Luther King Jr. Like you have to follow this method. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have this is the way you. It has to be nonviolence. You have to do this, and I and I understand it. Got even got to a point where I think like. You know, in the late eighties, early nineties, like everybody was like, "Yo, Malcolm X, right?" Mm-hmm. Malcolm X was with the shits all the time. Right. You know, right. saying we need to be separate, we need to do this, that, and third. You know, got to the crescendo. We get Spike Lee's movie, like, "Yo, Malcolm X all day." X hat mm-hmm. on, on, we out here. And then it got something like in the two thousands, things was just like, like everybody got safe, everybody got comfortable. Like <laughs> niggas moved out, niggas got caught up in the housing shit. They was buying houses out in the suburbs. They raising their kids out here, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get better schools. They got their little whips and shit. They got their spinners. Right. And, and the kids coming up now. And it's like we got to do this. That it's like nigga, no, you don't understand. Like we did that already. Like right. Like people older than me did that. Like like that shit ain't work. Like clearly. We might have to go back to the Malcolm X. We might have to go to back to the Stokely. We might have to rethink like how we engage. Like y'all didn't watch Rodney King get beat on tape like we all right. did. <laughs> like the Martian didn't matter. Like niggas turning up and change things. Like I mean, at this point, like someone was. Um, I had two 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 uh, white Antifa friends of mine were talking about um, like a carry permit. Mm. And one, like, he was like, oh, I don't really want to walk. I don't want to get caught with a gun with a carry permit. And I was like, you know, we at this point, like, we've had, you know, countless, you know, Rodney, T- Rodney King type videos um, just, you know, to watch. I was like, and, you know, all of them make me upset. But like Philando Castile, like that shit had me crying. That shit hurt me, bro. You know what I mean? The rules, bro. He just let them know he had a gun. You know what I mean? It's like, man. And a permit, too. It's like. With a permit. I, like, yeah. I got the. I followed all the rules. Like, yeah. he didn't show the gun. He didn't reach for the gun. Right. He just said, I just want to let you know I have a concealed carry permit. And the motherfucker got shot, shot him. And then, like. I, I don't I don't have a lot of, like, I don't have white anti for friends. But I would be like, you the niggas I need to go get this shit. Right. Because they're not going to shoot you. Right. You niggas can run around like fucking Naruto characters and breaking up windows and shit. 
<laughs> fight niggas and then punch niggas in the face on camera and y'all can go home and go eat some tofu or some shit. Y'all straight. Like, yeah. I need y'all niggas in the front lines. Like, I let me be the mastermind nigga. I want to move the chess beast around. Like, because they gonna kill me the wrong way. Like, if I grow my beard out, them niggas is like, you fit like 87% of the criminals. Like, <laughs> like they gonna lock me up. Shit, I work... Yeah. Like, I, I have a decent job. Like, I, I'm already in the system. They know I ain't got no record. They be like, well, fuck this nigga. Like, <laughs> uh, I, it's, it, like I don't want it, like... <sighs> and I don't want to sound like anti-millennial or whatever, because I don't, I don't really think I fit into that era. Like, I think I fit more into Gen X. And it's just like... I, like, I need y'all to get some more stuff besides through, like, social media. I need y'all to, like... Mm-hmm. Really, really think about like almost think, also even certain things like like the culture, right? Like rap music. Like you need to really like not think about the rap music old. Like really think about the times in which they was making the music in and what yeah. they were trying to say. Like oh man, this misogynistic is problematic. It's like yes, mm-hmm. you know. But why why was so many rappers into the five percent nation? Like what right. was the five percent nation saying? Right. What were they placed in history? What were they trying to do? What was this movement? Then you can understand the music because we grew up in it. We kind of inherently knew because it was around. Like you absorbed what you needed to take. And like, yeah, saying some of that stuff about women ain't really good. But, you know, these certain things are like, yeah, you should think about these things critically. And it's just like, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's there. And it and it and it worries me. Yeah, I I really. Yeah. I definitely think about this a lot, like the, um, like how much, like in a lot of ways, especially with, with, uh, with like social media and internet, like people are able to create, uh, like bubbles in the way they weren't able to before where they don't, where they can sort of like curate everything. So things don't necessarily like like interrupt their sense of the world. And in some ways it's like, um, like it's, it's good, right? Like they're, (laughs) or not good, but it's like, it's understandable. It's like, I don't, you know, like, uh, I live my life in an anarchist, like little milieu in a little bubble. Like I live, I live in a house where we share food and resources, you know, like, uh, before this, I was living in, in a squat, where someone gave us a truck, you know, like I, I'm able to live in this like little world that supports me logistically and emotionally. So like, I, I understand that. Um, I think it, what has happened though, is that people are seem like they have a really hard time sort of like parsing shit that is like hard. Like I think about that a lot with like a lot of the stuff I'm reading, like, you know, I'm reading Robert Williams, Negroes with guns. I don't know if you read that. No, it sounds like something I need to read. It's it's interesting. You know, he was a contemporary of Martin Luther King and he he was like he was like I'm with the nonviolence, but if the white dude pulls a gun on me, I'm gonna shoot him. Um so he got into gunfights with Klan members and police and shit. Um but he wrote Negroes with Guns when he was in hiding in Cuba because the FBI unsurprisingly came for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so he's got a lot of you know, that's like a unique experience. He's got a lot of interesting takes on a lot of different things. He, he's, but he's also like narcissistic, you know, yeah. he's crazy. And it's like, if you're bothered and also he was a chauvinist, you know? So it's like, 
it feels so it feels important to be like we need to I need to parse out these different parts of him in part because I want to understand shit about myself. You know, it's like um, that's something that I noticed a lot with like a lot of the young Black Lives Matter area era people. They they had a really hard time sort of like identifying like what people are toxic for the organization, who's just in who's just here trying to build a career, who's really with the shits. And these are all things that like previous generations learned. Like there's this uh, black anarchist that was part of the Black Liberation Army named Kwasi Balagoon. He basically wrote a whole plan for how to t- how to like consider who are good comrades for your organization and who aren't. What are red flags? You know, these are all shits that like people figured out. But you know, I think people get caught up in if you are caught up on the fact that uh, Robert Williams is a misogynist, you're gonna you're gonna lose his critique of, you know, nonviolence. Um, And I think it's important, you know, it's like people should not rock with fucking Eldridge Cleaver. He was a rapist. I understand that. (laughs) There's definitely, you know, there's like a point at which you need to just say no, but it does feel like now people just say no off the rip. Like people are too woke to like get messy. Uh, And that's what, you know, it's like shit isn't going on right now. And clearly being on, Instagram and reposting uh, fundraisers is not enough. That's not mm. doing shit. That's less. Yeah. And I do think that as a, a conflict generationally, because, you know, I have friends that are older than me, like in their 50s. And even when that whole woke thing started, it was like, y'all really out here thinking y'all made that up? I was like, you don't say y'all. Like, right. I remember when motherfuckers was using, you know, woke ain't new and there's also like just don't sleep that's my preferred yeah. like that's what that's the same thing it's like i was like that's why the conflict is like they they sometimes it's like y'all acting like y'all made all this up but it's like y'all on the foundation mm-hmm. and y'all don't even care to look to like realize that like the foundation you're on mm-hmm. i have these things where i was a it was a point in which people, you know, remember when Black Panther came out and people were like, mm-hmm. Oscar's so white and there's no black people on this or that and the third. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Y'all acting like this shit was always like this. Like, there was a period between 1990 and like 2003 where there was black TV on all the time. You turn yeah. every network, there was at least one black TV show, one black mm-hmm. star, and then 9 11 happened, and then <laughs> motherfuckers started spending money, yeah. and then all the black people went away. And yeah, all y'all grew up in a world where y'all didn't get to see Sister Sister and Steve Urkel and yeah. Steve Harvey and yes. and all like it was we had so much black TV that Spike Lee could critique it like Yo, we, so he was mad about homeboys in outer space and you think <laughs> about that shit now it's like now you would call that shit Afrofuturism like <laughs> like he had they had a show when niggas was in space hustling. Like it was every week, and he was like, "Yo, that's ignorant. We can't have that on TV." Like that's where we was at. That's how much black shit we had on. Right. And then it went all the way. Right. And then I got to deal with a bunch of people telling me, "It's like it was never. It's not enough black people." I was like, "Yo, for real? Like, why y'all make me feel so washed?" Like, right. Like I remember, like you know, like this was the shit. I'm, I'm sorry that you need Wakanda, but I had Zamunda and I was good. Like, <laughs> I was straight. Like for Eddie Murphy held me down for like most of my life. But oh, you know, 
that was that was so important. Yeah, seeing him come on with like the wild furs and the chain. Man, yeah. bro, like I was talking to a friend last night. Like Boomerang is my movie because it was the first movie I saw with black people with professional. Mm. They had money. They were in, they were creatives. Like they were marketing and advertising and designers and. They mm-hmm. had money and they even dealt with like the racist store guy. Like it was like, oh, would you think I'm just going to stick the clothes up and bring it back? Like, no, no, no. Like we got, we good. And it's like, yeah. everybody was beautiful. Everybody was professional. It was a range, you know, you got John Witherspoon and Mushroom Coats to, <laughs> Mar- you know, Eddie's Marcus Graham and Robert yeah. Givens is Jacqueline and, you know what I'm saying? Strong J, but it, you get all these things. It was in one movie. And I saw that like at 12, I was like, oh, that's right. what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. Yo, Eddie Murphy, I I didn't grow up with a dad. Eddie Murphy definitely <laughs> he fulfilled that role. I was watching uh you see uh Dolomite. Woo! Dolomite. That's my movie. <laughs> Yo, love that movie. I definitely was thinking about how much it was just it really because you know I was off I was off Eddie Murphy for a long time. Um but man, like so much nostalgia and like feeling came roaring back. I was watching it. I was watching it with a white friend. I realized like, oh, she doesn't know who Dolomite is and has no idea who Eddie Murphy is. I feel like to a lot of people. Yeah. I was fucking crying that movie, man. <laughs> that joint makes you feel good. Like it's like, yo, he it's a movie about like making some shit and believing in yourself. I know. And like when you struggle making something. Like that movie hit. Like it's like, mm. like ooh, like yo, he, he, nobody believed in him, but like him and then like his people. Like, yo, it and, happened. <laughs> and I'm not even like, you know, I'm an anti-capitalist. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that is like going to die on a hill of representation within structures that I feel like are actually formulated to co-opt. Mm-hmm. But all that aside, like. Like the scene, like the scene when he tells a kid that he can do anything, like that's who Eddie Murphy was for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can be a handsome action star. Like you can. Like you don't have to look like no fucking like skinny, like pockmarked ass white dude. Nah. To be, man, yeah. like you can be a hero. That shit is like, shit is very important. Yeah. It was really important to me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like Eddie Murphy would hit you. Like not only you could be you could be the action hero with like a sweatshirt, jeans, and like a little fro. But That's you, right. You could be the the prince of a of an African nation and find like the love of your life in like regular ass queens. Mm. And also, they also had actually because I got into this debate too. It's like all the people. It was like middle class black people in there, but like people don't want to talk about that. And right. But then he can also like go and save like a Tibetan monk kid that was the golden child. Oh, golden child! <laughs> like, <laughs> he can learn like ancient, like East Asian secrets of like fighting demons. It's like, like yo, and then he switched it up and he got super suave. I'm like, oh no! And then like, oh, he can run for like Congress and like deal with the issues of the the corruption in Congress and be funny. Like all this stuff Eddie Murphy was giving us, like. Yo, motherfucker, people ain't putting respect on his name. Like, he, Murphy was it. No. For like 15 years, he was it. He was even yeah, Dr. Doolittle. I'm like, man. He talked to animals, man. He was just a, he was just, he was a vet. <laughs> he talked to animals. He was the best. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with him as Donkey. That was like, that was hard for me. Given, given I, who he was. 
Like, come on, Eddie. Yeah, I know. But sometimes Bama's be having, you know, he got like 10 kids. I know. You know, Bama's be doing stuff because it's like, you know, my kids like cartoon movies, man. I'm going to get this check. I don't got to dress up. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, he did kid. so many, though. It was like eight. It was about like it was eight of them things. <laughs> like, like, damn. Nigga got money. I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not like people hate on certain movies. He did like Norbit and stuff like that. I'm like, like who cares if you don't think it's funny? Like him and his brother wrote a movie and they got it made. Like they from Brooklyn. They was poor and then they got poor no more. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Y'all don't understand yeah. what it's be to broke and then like not want to be broke no more. Like yeah. I had a funny conversation with a, a publisher. I guess I'm not. I'm not going to maybe name any names, but anyway. So the it, it's you know it's a comics publisher, and it's uh, someone working with them who's also white. Uh, com- indie comics publishing, comics publishing in general, indie comics publishing. You yeah, know, white. You know, and white. So and um, you know, it does like you were saying way earlier. It's like uh, there does there is a lot of there are a lot of black artists like out here, not like not just at shows, but like out here. Um. And uh, anyway, so she was like, she was like, um, made some comment about uh, some cartoonist doing like working for Marvel or something for money. And she was like, you would never take a project on for just money. (laughs) I was like, what do you think I'm doing here? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, is this just like a cultural thing? Because it's it's like I I need I'm, I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to get paid doing something I love. You know what I mean? But I but you know, it's like I I hauled trash before this. I didn't haul trash because it spoke to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Money, like what's like what's the difference? Like obviously there's a bunch of shit that I wouldn't do. Like I'm not trying to be Steve Harvey and just work to work for anybody. Yeah. But um yeah. but shit is crazy. It's like the idea that there's a luxury, like this auteur shit, that that feels like a privilege. Like when people do, yeah, because like Eddie did lots of corny shit. I was like, all right, I mean, he's got money. I think artistship, it, artistship just shows a certain, yeah, it is the level of privilege that I've always had issues with it. That's why I've never totally felt like I fit in either one place because it's like, I love Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. I loved Marvel Comics <laughs> for a long time. And like, I still like DC Comics. If DC Comics yeah. came to me, it was like, hey, Julian, here's a, here's a check to go do this. I'm not gonna be like, ah, oh, no. I'm like, oh, word. That's a lot. That's that's a good amount of zeros, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, I got six issues. Bet this is about to be some next shit. Yeah. This whole like, are you like? At that point, it's like sometimes I like being around the poor white folks, even if they don't totally politically align me, because there's certain things I could. We gonna understand. It's like, yo, like, you might talk to something. Like, Have you had a mayonnaise sandwich before? Like. Mm-hmm. Having that government cheese before, mm-hmm. so you may be politically aligned to me, but it's like that get out shit. Like you don't really understand. Like mm-hmm. you really don't know what I'm talking about. Like I may not agree with this this other white guy because he's like I'm not gonna say MAGA, but he might believe in some things that I don't believe in. But mm-hmm. he might sit back like, man, it was rough back in '87, wasn't it? Like eh, you know, motherfuckers <laughs> were struggling. You know, like yeah, like you you just get it. Yeah, and my problem sometimes is comics, you know, and especially with the indie scene, is just a lot of like pretentiousness. Like, yeah, you're able to make this stuff because you know somebody, you know somebody got you. 
Yeah. Some of it too is like, and I feel like this relates to Crumb where there's, there's implicit, there's been implicit white preference in the culture of indie comics for a long time. Mm -hmm. And some of the, like, some of it is like, you know, uh, people defending, people defending Crumb to me, or just like in general being like, well, you have to be able to say whatever you want or like these jokes are okay. Like there's like this, this, like the, there's that. And then also these sort of like real narrow standards for like what indie comics can be are like really implicitly preferencing whiteness in this way, like the culture around it, like this, like, Oh, you shouldn't sell out or like superhero comics are dumb. It's like, yo, way more black people read superhero comics. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I came up on. And it's crazy going to these indie comic shows. You know, the vast majority of these people have not read superhero comics. Yeah. They came up on Chris Ware or whatever, which is fine. You know, I read Chris Ware too, but there does, it does feel weird when they're like, oh, like superhero comics are pressed. I was like, well, you go to a fucking, you go to a wizard con, mad types of people there. Yes. Mad types of people. Yeah. I definitely relate with the, um, something I think about a lot is like the, like, um, you know, there's the, the indie comics type crowd. That's like the, that's like the quote unquote, this is the good white people, you know, the culturally, economically more upper class white people. And then there's like the, like the white people I grew up with who are very poor, <laughs> you know, like who could be considered like rednecks or ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like the, I grew up next to a white dude who he learned how to read from comic books as an adult. Like mm-hmm. he dropped out of school super young and never learned how to read. And those are the type of people, like you're saying, those are the type of people I grew up with who really knew poverty and struggle. And they might fight with you when shit gets because <laughs> they know you. <laughs> like, keep it a thousand. Sometimes it's like the community versus these weird political sides that might not hold up in like a grander scheme battle, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. my adventures within in geek spaces over these like 15 years, like hardcore, like, like I was like, it makes me really skeptical of certain things. Like, Mm-hmm. I was on Fandom is Trash, like Star Wars Fandom is Trash in like 2008, 2007. I had like arguments with people in conventions. I was like, oh, y'all got a problem. Right. Like, <laughs> y'all got a problem, problem. Like, this is bad. Like, I like, they're like, people say like, you hate Star Wars. Like, nah, it's a movie. Like, I didn't grow up with it. <laughs> like, I grew up with Star Trek because there was black people in it. Right. Um, Jordy. Jordy, Uhura, random mm-hmm ensigns and just people in the background. It was just black people, Latin people, Asian people. There was, there was mad motherfuckers in Star Trek. I was like, that okay, right. that's human. That's we don't need money no more. Dope. We ain't got to worry about eating no more. Dope. But like, right. I got into some serious things on with people in real life. Not before shit was online. Like, right. with tensions got hot over robes and light and, and glow sticks. And I was like, yo, this is this is trash. Like y'all. This is a problem. Like, your Star Wars fandom is bad. Now people are like, look at this. It's like, yo, y'all, I, you just, just because, all right, like, I'm sorry Kelly Marie Tran went through this, but anybody who's really been in it knows that this this was going to happen. Like, yeah. To them, it's, it's about a bunch of white guys dressed mm-hmm. up in fake Japanese stuff. 
<laughs> yeah. And Which is so in the pocket of Western shit, like white Western chauvinism. There's always been that weird exceptionalism for Japanese people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, but might not even care about the actual Japanese people. Right, right, right. Ain't fucking with them necessarily. You know? <laughs> like, you are the best of the subhumans. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're really, really, really good at this, but we're all around with greater. But those two things you got. Oh, we can't compare. <laughs> Man, get a get a neck beardy white dude, give him a katana. He's the happiest shit. Yeah, man, they love they love that shit, don't they? That's weird. It's interesting the way they love it. It's also interesting the way black people fuck with like like Chinese shit, like kung fu mm. and shit. Like it, it's interesting how that split that way. Like Yeah. You don't yeah. see like a lot of white people like, oh my God, I love China stuff. They're like I like Japanese and they wear the hair in the little buns and they do they do all these things. It's like Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I never really thought about that before. I guess I guess like I got Wu Tang is probably who got me into Kung Fu movies. Yeah, they're a good window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're such a, I, I, as a kid, I was like, wait, there's a it's a whole rap group that's like like I know these movies and it, in the rap the the raps are fire, like oh, like this is amazing. Yeah, that was yeah, that was like such a like a serious confluence of stuff. I was thinking you talk about Star Trek. I've been thinking a lot how like um, the Borg is just like a, a perfect analogy for whiteness. Because, you know, that, I mean, there was a lot of aliens that were homogenous, but the Borg is supposed to be like sort of the Starfleet in that they're, you know, they uh, they absorb they absorb all different kinds of people, and they, but all the Borg is white, and they, and they yeah. do square boxes, and they assimilate. You assimilate, yeah. or you know, so resistance is futile. You know, that's it's like, right. Like ah, like woo, like yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot going on in Star Trek that people just don't get, and it's like I get why you like the Star Wars stuff, and I watch it, and you know, I could deb- I could debate anybody. People call me a hater, but it's like. If you really want to go deep into this Jedi Sith and the Republic and the years and the Battle of Endor, like we can go. Mm-hmm. I'm still a hater, but we can go. Right. I can I can disarm your argument. Yeah. You know, like, yo, that trek, you be you know, they be getting into you can make parallels to like Middle Eastern conflicts in DS9 and Yeah. Like the way like we treat like North Korea and like China in a certain the eighties. It gets in the D like it's so much it's so much fertile ground. I was watching (laughs) the news as a kid and then watching Star Trek and noticing parallels like, wait, are they trying to explain to me what is going on? I was like, let me watch this episode again. And I watch the news and be like, Oh, they're like the Romulans. Like, oh, "Oh, okay, all right, I get it. Like Oh, the, the federations of you win. Oh, 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 peacekeeping. Like, oh, oh, that's like when Picard had to go do the thing and the people had to argue. Ooh, like, I was like, yeah, see, like, on Star Trek, that's my, I'll fight for Star Trek, even if it's like a weird military or society. You don't figure it out till like you're an adult. Like, oh, damn, you mean everybody in the military? Like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Meanwhile, Star Wars is like, you know, there's some good people and bad people. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like, there is the dark and there is the light. Yeah, and there's and one black person that- per trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't y'all just watch OG samurai movies? <laughs> no, they ain't built for that. They don't want to see nothing. 
with first of all, it got no glow sticks, and they don't want to see nothing with um with subtitles. All right, yeah. Man, I'll I'll watch a Kurosawa dub. I'm basically that. <laughs> I, I think we yeah, like back in the day, that's all you had. Like you watch right. an old movie on TV, it's like you got dubs. Yeah, I'm watching Yo Jimbo in dubs. Yeah. Watch old anime. Old anime was in dubs. Yeah, so bad. Someone just, yeah, some some young kid I was hanging out with was just making fun of me. He was like, you the type of nigga to watch an anime on dub. <laughs> and <I was> cut <laughs> <laughs> <got> deep. <laughs> 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 that's a diss now that's what right. we got to like not that you the type of nigga to watch them little them little Japanese the Japanimation we got to from that we got from that to you the type of nigga to watch <laughs> like oh niggas got standards now like oh shit what a time to be alive that's what I would love. I definitely I definitely be on some old man shit with like kids just I was like, oh, y'all can just openly like manga? Y'all can just openly like anime? Ain't no one gonna fucking <laughs> cut you down for it? <laughs> be, out <Okay>. here, <laughs> be out here sounding like, like Oprah in Color Purple. Oh, it's my life. I has to fight, nigga. <laughs> Listen, I still can't wear... I still can't wear... Um, I'd be mad traumatized because I can't wear any sort of like comic book related gear i have i don't have anything i've been drawing comics for how long and i won't even i won't wear any of it because even my head is like they're gonna get you for it <laughs> yo when echo had the marvel comics gear mm, mm-hmm. that changed the game and i like but like i got like three quarters of the whole line because couldn't nobody front on it. it was like oh you know what i'm saying it's like early street where it's like oh you got the echo shit though right oh you got the oh that joint got the bedazzle on it like yeah nigga what you know about black panther i don't know nothing about that shit i want to know though hey, let me take you to the let me take you to the borders like look at all these jewels <laughs> like that was a special time but like i i'm still biased myself i see somebody in the comments like yo that shit look that shit look tacky, man. What's the quality of that cotton? Like, like, ugh, this shit's man, man. Put a swoosh on that shit. I might wear. Yeah, oh, that's true. It's gotta, yeah, it's gotta be. I'm hating too, man. I'm internalized with my shit. <laughs> One of the I joke around with Ron about this shit all the time. One of the unfortunate side effects of there being way more black people at these shows is I gotta, I gotta dress good. Mm-hmm. Walking around with stepped on sneakers and stuff. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's my bad, my fault. You know what I'm saying? I was, yeah. I was, I was, I had to step the shoe game up. You know, people was like, I was looking around, I was like, let me go hit y'all with these. Let me hit y'all with these $250 crispy shoes that ain't never been worn before. What was like, ooh, like, yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I had to, I had to stun on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, yeah, the first time, I feel like the first time we met, I was still trying to make combat boots work for me. I was like, damn, all right. <laughs> That's everybody. I know I don't fit in. I walk in with a pair of shoes. That's like, you know, if I was out somewhere else, everybody would be giving me that for my shoes. Right. But I'm here <laughs> at an indie comic show and they don't understand the drip that I have on right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's um since I moved to I moved to Philly like two years ago and um like something like you know I was I was really into punk for for a while and I was you know I was also squatting like me like walking around with like fresh Air Maxes on really didn't work if I'm living in like a bombed out house that's like covered in, in dust and I got to work on like the pipes and I got to work on the electric I got to fi- fix the fucking um solar arrays and shit i can't be wearing like joggers um but i moved to philly and i i turned into a, a lame-ass person and started paying <laughs> rent um so i started you know like wearing and i and i just got away from the punk stuff um and started wearing just sort of normal clothes but i definitely noticed that at the comic shows people's response to me is just very different um <laughs> You know, like people like I I did a book, I did a book fair in Miami and I walked back to the to the author green room and a lady watching it was like, can I help you? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing back here? I was like, damn, that's all it took was for me to wear clean sneakers and a fitted. And all of a sudden, no one thinks I look like an author anymore. No, like, wait, wait, what? you don't fit this. You don't fit this mold. (laughs) <laughs> like what are you that's the those are key signs of of stunting on people you must be like <laughs> it is interesting to see how how blacks are really pushing themselves into these geek spaces mm-hmm. and their ideas of like you know like the party the after parties and the and the dress and the and the and the language is changing. It's interesting to watch as as a person that used to think back or even having like conversations with Ron's like, how come all the music at these shits is whack? And oh, now man. I'm on Instagram and I see like different at like after parties with people like black folk, like black guys, these little collectors and they throw their little like parties. I'm like, oh well shit. Oh, oh, they are they, are they twerking at this comic part? Like the cosplayers <laughs> is really out here? Like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I mean, there's definitely going to be. I'm surprised there hasn't really been a backlash yet. But there's definitely there's definitely tensions. I definitely be seeing tensions. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, because you know, like, uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, I get asked to do to be on the jury for some things. Like, yeah, I feel like once, like, the more and more we're like centered. Like I see more and more hostility. Like the R. Crumb shit, people definitely were <laughs> upset at me over saying something that I felt like was like, like you were talking about. It's this this same shit I've been saying socially for a long time. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of racially coded shit. Um, people like people call me like a young person, which you know I'm I'm not not an old person. You're, you're, you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> Right, I'm 36 years old. <laughs> Grow that man. <laughs> I'm a, definitely not a young person. I got felonies at several times. I'm a grown ass person. But yeah, I was like, all right, y'all, y'all really hitting me with the um with the boy, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the old one. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> Yeah, like oh uh, yeah, I got kinda like, I don't think I ever got hit with that, but like early on in like the podcaster space of before, you know, podcasting was like now it's like a multi million dollar industry. But like, you know, early on when Geeks was in it, you know, people knew me and I would get into debates online with people and they was like, like, you don't know, you don't know this. I'm like, yo, I went to art school, bro. Like, 
I got taught the history of illustration for people who was there. Right. Like motherfuckers didn't respect comic book artists at all. Mm, they, mm-hmm. they was old and they still didn't respect them in like 2000 like that's not how you really get money like you may like that's the thing is like like don't tell me what i don't know about comics it's like you've never even you don't even know what art movements are mm. and it's like oh it's a like, you saying that because i'm younger than you and i'm black okay mm. that's basically where i took it it's like oh, okay all right bet Mm-hmm. It's all right. That's why I'm internally petty now. I'm like, okay, then one day I'm going to stun on you, and then you're <laughs> going to be trying to ask me for something, and I'm going to be like, no, and yeah. I'm going to say why. I will make you look like a fool in front of people. I got to work on that. <laughs> I got to get better. I got to, you know, not be that. But right now, I still got petty. Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel that it's yeah. I mean, the like, right? The assumption that you're coming from a place of lack of knowledge. You know, off nothing. You know what I mean? Like, is um, I mean, whatever. It's incredibly racist, but yeah, I mean, I understand. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, people, people like uh, publishers I worked with talk some shit, and like, I guess there's like some version of me that should uh, ignore it or whatever. But I don't know. It's like maybe it's because I grew up like it's still like a little low key on site. Like, I'll talk mm-hmm. shit to, you, to your face, uh, and so it was like, yeah, I know, like. So I was getting emails who were like, you should look up artists like Hogarth and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I know all that. I read all that shit. I know all about it. Yeah. 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 I was a fan of R. Crumb in college. Like I read a ton of, a bunch of his shit. Read all that Mr. Natural was really into his, uh, his work on um, American Splendor. Yeah. But he racist as fuck. I had to drop it. (laughs) Yeah, that's sometimes it's like you don't understand. It's weird because you can sell sometimes in comics as a space that's different from other disciplines. Sometimes in art, um, mm. like you know, I spent a, a good portion of the time like ingratiating myself into the fine art community here in DC, and the nature of talking about art with like people who paint for a living or the fine art scenes and like curators and people who own galleries and. It's way different than the conversations you have with people in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes people in the comics act pretentiously and they act like they know more than you, but they don't have any of the the educational foundation. Like, right. they never really do the work. You like comics. You read some comics. You might have read some interviews and you think you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they're very pretentious and they want to talk down to you. Right. Sometimes in, in fine art, it's, it's, it's half and half. You'll be somebody who really is super pretentious, like high form, like fucking uh, Vogue editor type shit, like sunglasses, like, yo, you got money. You really looking down on me. Mm-hmm. But they actually got like, you look at their CV is like, oh, you've been doing this for 40 years and you did this, that and the third. And, you know, this person that was like, OK, like you spill a piece of shit, but I get why you pretentious. Mm-hmm. Or you'll have somebody that's really, really humble and might just like a bum. And it's like, oh, yeah, you got like a degree, like this, a doctorate in fine art, this, this, that, a third art history. You didn't travel to this and you didn't look into these things. And, and you'll have a good conversation and they won't really treat you like trash. Mm-hmm. And they're more mm-hmm. open about what is art and this and that. And this could be this. And uh, and you go to comics, it's like, well, this is comics. You don't know better. And you don't know about this and you need to look at this. It's like, bro, like 
already got a degree. Like, I already know what you're talking about. It's still <laughs> whack, though. Like, right. Like, do you understand why it's whack? Do you understand? Do you know why right. Ebony White is t- is wrong in the spirit? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do people people still don't have that conversation really about Will Eisner? Like, and I met mm-hmm. Will Eisner. He was a nice mm-hmm. man, but yo, <laughs> yo, yeah, you gotta like. I even like Frank Miller, and I like what he did. But there's a certain point when I, when uh, actually all the stuff when 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 the the September 11 happened, and he started making all the terrible things about 300, talking mm-hmm. about like you know Iran and and all that type of stuff. I was like, ooh, that's terrible. But even before that, when he said like he got robbed, and then like he he basically got robbed one night in New York and then he didn't understand he started thinking about Batman and that essentially leads to Dark Knight Returns and I was like oh so some niggas stuck you up and that's why you made the mutants mm. oh okay like he didn't say it but then I was like I can't look at the work the same way again right like, yeah. I can't I can't I can't love it the same way I did before like right uh ah uh, yeah. like mm. And ain't no black people in goddamn in that book, really. Ain't no black right. people Dark Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also that. Yeah, I was really into. I was really into the look of Sin City. I mean, I Ooh, never looked yeah, yeah, yeah. really as a writer, but yeah, I was like, ah. but yeah, the only black character I think is just that big ass limo driver. Yeah, I think, I think so. And uh, then, yeah, uh, that's the only and, real black character in Sin City, I, I believe. Yeah, too. Which of course, yeah, he's got to be a big muscly <laughs> silent dude and um and the yeah but yeah he definitely he lost me before holy terror but i was definitely Ooh, when he got the holy terror i was at this point was like yo well uh, are you surprised like i was like are you yeah. surprised i've already reconciled these things at this point yeah and it's like why am i talking to people people just look at me like i'm crazy so <clears throat> something yeah it's crazy to me that like something uh, like also with R. Crumb, they'll be like, you don't understand, like, he was doing risky art. I was like, this man is coming up in a, he was making that art in a period where other people were like robbing armored cars to fund the resistance against white supremacy. Like, mm. and he inside drawing, smoking weed yeah. and being on, on big ass girls. Yeah. I, it's nothing, there's nothing risky about this man. It's like a lot of this, a lot of the, a lot of the shit, like particularly like this, the snobbiness around having information or like being good at art. Like I love good art. I like respect good artists, but a lot of this shit is acquired just through time and you having the privilege to be able to spend that time. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm way more impressed by good, good character. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, like, I like good people. Like there's a lot of, I guess like I'm way more fascinated by revolutionaries because they're real risks and it's uh you know they're people with enormous character like you gotta you gotta leave the house <laughs> you gotta go you outside got, I, yeah I tell people all the time like you gotta go outside and yeah. some of my problems with comics is that I could tell them like oh you don't never really go outside yeah and I, t- I stole that from like Pusha T he said it was an interview he said like yo I go outside because you know he's an older rapper and he was like yeah. I'm in the club I'm seeing future I'm seeing what they, I'm like and then at this time I was like going out a lot heavy and I'm like older than the the group of people I'm with like I'm I'm older than about like five six years I'm like yo y'all getting tore up but <laughs> like 
this ain't bad, but I was like, oh, okay, this is what the, this, this feeds something. So it makes you rethink things. And it's like, and then I would go have these conversations like, y'all don't go outside. Like, yeah. Having these conversations like, why, what is with this music? It sucks. It's like, it's not sucks when you see everybody losing in the club. Right. Right. Like, you don't, you don't get it. And it's like, oh, like, and it's like, oh, that's not comics so or that. That's not geeky. It's like, yeah, that's the problem. Like, leave me out of this then. Like, I'm, I'm going to go be a hermit. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to go my cave. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the social... I've always had, like, a, like an issue with, like, just the pervasive social awkwardness, particularly at these comic shows, like indie comics. It's, like, not... It's not just that people are... Uh, like socially inept, it's like a point of pride. It's like part of what valid or like part of what is evidence that you are a, uh, like a true comics artist is that you're you're bad at talking to people. Which is like I don't know how how can you be in the world and not be able to talk to nobody. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it feels performative at a certain point. It feels like you want to be good in this space. So you reach for the stereotype. So you act out what you feel Mm -hmm. matters within this world. So you're going to purposely learn, not learn social skills, or you're going to act like you don't have social skills. And it's like, you know, we got, you got to change that. And hopefully maybe with the influx of different blood and different people. And I still wish there was a little bit more influx of other people in the, in the, any comic space. Like I wish I saw a little bit more Latin people, Mm-hmm. I wish I saw a little bit more, and I gotta be careful how I word this. I guess Asian Americans who don't already fit the ideas of what Asian Americans are already in independent comics. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of Koreans, even a lot of Chinese people. But yeah, there's not like mad Filipinos. There's not like a lot of Indians. Yeah. So it's like uh, I want to see more of that, and I just. You know, destabilize the 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 foundation. I want to see more like other things can be cool. You can do different things. You can talk about different things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I gotta say, like you at least you at least uh your work is helping push that. So oh, I appreciate you. it. Thank you for that. That's you did some you did some good work. I Thanks. willingly contribute to your Patreon each month. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. So. Uh, We've I'm talked excited. for a good moment, so um, yeah. you want to leave the listeners with anything? You want to tell them like, how they can how they can uh, find you online and right. stuff that's about to come out. Right, the plugs. I got to do the plugs. Uh, well, you know, like uh, I'm putting, really, really trying to build this Patreon. Uh, just patreon.com backsplash dayglowayo, D-A-Y-G-L-O-A-Y-H-O-L-E. That's my Instagram. That's my Twitter. Uh, posting a lot of comics to Instagram, um, new books, uh, sports as hell, uh, it's coming out through Koyama press in February. Um, and, and other than that, I'm just going to be posting a lot of the, uh, a lot of my new comics, a lot of my in progress stuff, um, trying to work on a, on a real big book, um, about, uh, uh, armed black revolt, um, called, uh, these black arms to hold you up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll just be posting a lot of stuff on about that over the next year. Um, yeah. Oh, and bottle feeders are still doing well, right? 
Yeah, yeah, still still moving units. <laughs> uh, Ezra says that maybe we'll see a movie next year. Oh, well, oh, well, well golly gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that happens. I want to be an extra. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that can happen. Yeah, I have my... Yeah. I got to get him on the show next. I got to work out a time for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's yeah, guy. he's great. Great on the podcast. Well, yeah. Well, but thanks for having me, man. It's great. Man, thanks for thanks for doing this. You know, sorry about the delay, but, you know, the universe had to, to chin check me. Yeah. yeah. He got me real sick for real, for real. Yeah, I hope, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thanks. You know, I had to go into the, the dark cave. You know, I had to wrap myself up in the cocoon and... That's right. Get right. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm going to holler at you. You know, hopefully we'll talk some more soon. Okay, so All right. Thanks again. Someone hit your block up. I tell you if it was us. Man, a house in Rosewood. This shit too plush. Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up. No, you see my text, baby. Please say something. Wine by the glass. Your man, a cheapskate, huh? Niggas got to move on my release day, huh? Bitch, this is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about, watch your mouth Baby got an ego twice the size of the crib I can never tell a shit, it is what it is Said what I had to and did what I did Never turn my back on FBG, God forbid